0: Hello, welcome to the Tech Time Podcast, the show dedicated to focus on sharing insights, strategies, and stories related to digital design and technology world. I'm your host, Atish Nadawa and today we're going to discuss about Headless CMS. CMS, also known as WCM, Web Content Management, can be termed as a process of controlling content for consumption over digital channels through the use of specific management tools based on core repository. We have seen CMS transform from static side generator from 1990s to 2000 with more responsive and omnichannel support and now in 2015-16 it's moving from its monolithic to more modulated and isomorphic JavaScript based UIs and in the same space the term Headless CMS is making its way. Today's our guest is Tan Kwaj. Tan is a lifelong technologist with over a decade of experience in web designing, building web, mobile apps. He's a director of engineering at HUGE. Hi Tan, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks. Glad to be here.
0: Ken, we'd like to share something about you before we dig down to the topic.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. I'm a technologist at heart. I've been working on platforms for many years, looking at new ways to build more scalable solutions that can adapt and evolve as new businesses come about. And it's, it's always good to share modern changes that are happening over the, new, the course of the years.
0: So we'd like to tell a little bit brief about the CMS ecosystem and how it's been transformed in the last decade.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. Over the last, you know, over twenty years or so, uh, content on the internet was rarely ever uh, a thing. Most of the times, people would build websites with static HTML and maybe a, a guestbook here and there. The most dynamic shift that happened uh, around in the you know early two thousands when blogs started to appear. Blogs were generally just a way for people to share their daily thoughts and opinions and sites like blogger and live journal once they started getting more and more users and eventually more popular you would see the content shifting away from just diaries to more modern day journalism where people would report actual events in the in the daily news once you had a WordPress as a platform that was originally intended as a, a blogging platform come into the market, that really opened the gateway for non technical people to come on and post an opinion or write about any kind of topic that they like and then go back and modify and edit it. That was really the beginnings of a CMS.
0: It was early 2000, right?
1: Yes. And in my early jobs, there was no real enterprise solution for this, so companies had a real business need for it. When we were working with Java back in 2005, there was a company called Day. They originally open sourced a Java based CMS. This eventually turned into what we have come to know and learned to love is AM. Now these days, we have a whole onslaught of commercial options AM, Sitecore, Drupal, and a lot of these were founded on open source frameworks. But with the support of commercial companies like Acquia and Oracle and Adobe, they've entered the business realm and now are now more prevalent everywhere.
0: So what is the headless CMS about?
1: So over the past maybe two or three years, the businesses have more and more demands on a rich, interactive experience with their content. At a company like HUGE, where we pride ourselves on digital transformations, there's very little flexibility with these enterprise CMS systems to realize the visions of the creative people behind the scenes. When we think about content as a service, that's what we're really talking about with the headless CMS. Your content lives separately
0: and then then you separate the whole presentation out with your own libraries
1: correct like said, so. so your front-end application and your front-end developers can work independently thereby decoupling all of your necessary dependencies to run a CMS
0: so you would say like moving from this monolithic application where the typical CMS is like AEM Sitecore. Manages the content as well as the UI part as well, right? And we are trying to separate it exactly.
1: And the ideas here in the architecture of a headless CMS are borrowed from SOA principles. Service-oriented architecture has been around for longer than any of these internet trends, but
0: okay. So this headless CMS like uh, exposing the whole CMS through the API. The term headless CMS can be said to those CMS platforms which are 100% API or it's the mixture of CMS platforms which exposes some part. It's really
1: up to the business to decide how much flexibility they need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As with any kind of architecture decision, there are trade-offs that you have to evaluate. Do you want more control over the templating? Do you want more control over permissions and yeah. access? Yeah. Or do you want more rich interaction and rapid changes? Because you can change your front-end code without having to change your CMS background. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the main benefits of having a headless CMS.
0: So let's go through a little bit more in architecture. Like, how does headless CMS looks like in a real-time project?
1: So with a headless CMS architecture, you have your CMS repository sitting on a server probably in a cluster of servers that can scale as there's demand and they're exposed by an API where the API can retrieve content, it can also update content if you are an author and it could also allow you to specify just the main attributes of content, enough so that the front-end application knows how to render and display the content. So when you query an API with a headless CMS, you're getting back a block of JSON, and in that JSON, you have attributes that determine how to lay out that page.
0: Okay. If there is no front-end, like as far as my understanding that every CMS has, the UR component, which can be used for authoring as well as publishing. Now there is no front end. So, are you going to rework everything what the author can do, like editing the blogs, footers, headers, CMS parts, or we're just trying to render the publish and authoring, will still goes to the CMS?
1: So, when you think about how to decouple and how to componentize your architecture, the front end is still there, but it's not dependent on your CMS. With the authoring, Most of the time, you're entering content into a form. You don't need to actually edit it in a rich way like AM would give you. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can have a preview environment where you can render your content on an authoring server and use your same front-end code attached to a different API endpoint. This gives you the ability to preview your content as it would look if a regular user would see it.
0: Okay. So front end component is reusable for publishing as well as doing the reusable for publishing as well as authoring as well, right? Correct. Won't so it then be a lot of work.
1: If you package up your front end application in a way that it can be distributed easily. Mm-hmm. For example, if you had a Node.js server with a JavaScript front end, it's an isomorphic application that can be packaged as a Docker container and you can deploy your docker container anywhere you really want so it doesn't really matter because it's portable and Mm -hmm. it's it's also uh, very accessible in any environment that you put it in you just have to change the api endpoint okay
0: the whole api-based movement where exposing the applications or services out the API, not completely new. But hearing that into the CMS world, do you think it's a little bit late into the game or or is just a start?
1: The, the notion, again, of API-based CMS and headless CMS borrows its ideas also from a microservices architecture. Okay. So in the last few years, the microservice architecture also has gained a lot of popularity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more in part to the rising demand of rapid changes to keep up with modern technology and realizing the benefits of these modern technology tools. So I think we're with the headless CMS it hasn't been widely adopted but I don't think it's late to the game. I think we're at the point where we need to start making more momentum towards standardizing it and ensuring that all these APIs follow a uniform protocol like everyone should use rest
0: yeah what are the players right now who are leading to the headless CMS?
1: so the main players right now are companies that provide not just cms as a headless api but also as a service a hosted service so companies like contentful where they have a cms as a service and they host all of the infrastructure okay and that is the extreme of decoupling your application and your architecture. But there's also options with Drupal. Drupal 8 has now an option to do headless CMS.
0: So means like those companies which still support both ways, APIs as well as their old traditional way of admin. Correct.
1: US. Which is of good benefit if you are not ready to completely adopt a headless CMS approach. You still have the ability to switch back or have some of your site accessible as a standard CMS application.
0: How does administration really work into this
1: fully API based things? So, when you have an API, you can build as many applications on top of the API as you want. Some of these sites that offer an API will offer a, a, a back end component, a box. That you can log in and have administrative views on. Okay. So you can you're still leveraging the same API, uh, but as yeah. a different user or a different login endpoint.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And that's again reusing same component, but different access rules.
0: So what are the challenges have you ever seen with this CMS which has to go in full API as of now with the current
1: The main challenge here is that it's hard to distinguish from the user endpoint what can be modified and what can't be in terms of templating your templates are now controlled on your front-end application so it's not as easy to change templates without code you would have to have developers go in and change a template for mm-hmm. example if you had a two column article template that you wanted to add a second column or a third column a developer would have to go in and create a new template and deploy a new build in order for you to see it. In the old way, you would go into the author and create a new template in the CMS and publish it.
0: Yeah, or maybe like a non-technical guys can also go and play with the tweaks with the columns and then immediately click the preview and try to take the decisions. Exactly.
1: So that's the one challenge, is education and also training. Perhaps front-end technologies will become easier in the future where... Business analysts can then just tweak and update themselves, but Mm -hmm. for now, it's a development effort.
0: Yep. How does deployment and hosting looks like?
1: And in fact, hosting and deployment become a lot more scalable. You can deploy your API, your CMS API endpoints in its own cluster behind a load balancer, and that can scale as it needs to. Mm -hmm. Your front end components can be deployed either as static single-page javascript applications which are infinitely scalable or if you wanted to have middleware you could have a uh, javascript application sitting on top of a node.js server or a python server and have those added to an ECS container and have them auto scaled automatically. In Amazon it's quite easy to do so with elastic scaling. So you can scale your front-end components and your back-end components separately according to the need. Rather than in a monolithic system, they all scale at the same time.
0: So the resources needed for author may not be that much high, may for publishing, but as both are clubbed together, so they have to score together.
1: And you can cache a lot of it on your front-end application as well. So as to avoid taxing your CMS servers.
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll get much more freedom because we're completely modulated, right? Right. So how do you see like the impact of future development of CMS-based uh, websites? Like, What do you think the headless is going to make?
1: My opinion, I think once people see the, or at least realize the benefits of having lower investment in future growth and improvements to their cms system a lot of people will want to adopt this they will want to know how to get there and it seems daunting but it's not that hard to be honest there are a lot of the enterprise options they've already realized that the future is going to be in an api uh, world so they've already started offering headless options for their applications I think in the future, if people continue to push the edge on the front-end technologies in terms of interaction and user experience, there will be no other choice than to adopt something like this. Something where front-end application is completely free to explore and to push and to build new ways of interacting and not be limited by an enterprise CMS system.
0: Sure. So let's talk about the integration. Typical CMS also tries to integrate like any backend sites, e-commerce, or analytics, or any third party, tools. like, how this is going to impact?
1: In terms of integration, in your front-end components, if you do need to integrate with a lot of third parties, that's where you introduce your middleware servers like a Node.js or Python. Okay. Those middleware components can also help with server-side rendering in order for you to increase your SEO rankings. Yeah. But they will be very lightweight because they're just simply rendering and storing API keys and tokens that are needed to integrate with other applications.
0: Mm -hmm. And how about content tagging?
1: Content tagging can still be done through attributes on your JSON payloads. So you can still have content tagging and hierarchies in your CMS that are delivered through your JSON okay. when you request them. Those can again, they get rendered if you have a middleware component on uh, the first server side rendered.
0: So what's the current adoption? Do you see any websites use headless these days?
1: Yeah, it's hard to see beneath the covers of many of these websites, but according to some of those case studies the adoption rate is increasing year over year. Mm-hmm. Contentful has become more and more popular as WordPress has. WordPress itself has always offered an API but nobody really knew what to do with it or how to yeah. use it. Yeah. It really did take a commercial success to allow others to follow.
0: Reusing the components for the publish as well as authoring side like so what are the other development practices have you seen while doing development?
1: I think in terms of scalability, adding that caching later as I mentioned earlier would really help with the performance. When you look at enterprise A CMSs like AEM, the performance is not as great as traditionally you would see as a single page application. But you can get around this with caching up front.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you can also do a lot more tricks to increase the performance with the headless CMS approach yeah. as well assets. Your assets are now controlled outside of CMS which you can then pull from a CDN or CloudFront.
0: Yeah. Any other learnings you would like to share?
1: Spending some time to understand your architecture before embarking on this. Perhaps you don't need a headless CMS. Okay. Perhaps you're fine with a full stack deployment. but You really need to understand the resources you have at hand. Can you get away with a simple uh, or standing up a simple stack of Sitecore? Perhaps the benefits of using Sitecore entirely are outweigh the scalability needs. But when you look at in the future, that's when you have to make that decision.
0: So... Where someone should really start on headless CMS? Consider I am having existing production websites. What's your recommendation or what's your thought about it? What could, what could be my starting point?
1: I think in, in general, when you think about CMS and what it provides, it's, at its core is mostly content. Content can be flat files. It can be JSON. It can be pulled from a database. If you really want to get started with headless CMSs, you should start there, build, build a small website, only with front-end technologies, and then start to figure out where, what solution fits for your back-end. Mm-hmm. Is it a Contentful system or is it a Drupal system? Yep. Yeah. And those are the, the questions you should ask first. Do you have developers or do you have the skill set to start up a Drupal and maintain and administer that instance? Or do you want it hosted and managed by another company? And then, once you pull those in, you'll realize that you don't need to change your front-end application as much because it doesn't really matter as long as your API endpoints are the same.
0: Do you have a Twitter handle where our listeners can reach out? Uh,
1: You can find me on Twitter at Tantastic, and that's Tantastic with a K. You can also find me on Instagram under It's tanimal. Uh, it's been a pleasure being here as a guest. I look forward to hearing from your listeners.
0: It was a great conversation, good
1: chat.